Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Option 5. Thank you. Glad everybody's feeling something today. Mm -hmm. Has a good posture, uh, mindset coming into this. We have a third voice, if you didn't notice. Mm, And it's a sultry voice. Thank you. Well, it's... (laughs) It's hidden behind that beard. <laughs> that wonderful, awesome beard. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'd like you to... Oh, the smolder. He just did a smolder. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'd like you to rate Mr. Tyler's Hilker's beard. Right there. Right there it is. Out of what? One out of five. Oh, it's without question of five. Okay. And then, of course, as always, um, take a look at our background. And maybe you might feel a little bit of um, a need to retrospect on life. To take that a, is a contemplative start to take trooper. to take oh, a walk gotta get on a second don't get don't reveal it yeah you don't know what it's about they gotta look they gotta watch us on youtube to see it i just ruined it not completely i have no idea what's going on <laughs> not completely let's be honest i'm new they I'm don't have a con they don't have i have a beard <laughs> <laughs> well welcome tyler to um to option five you've been on the podcast before yeah it was great we talked about strategy, probably. Probably, because that's a bit of what you do. A little bit. So Tyler is uh, the director of design and strategy here at Crema. And um, we've been talking a lot about this framework. Uh, you've been a part of the conversation of us shaping um, or helping maybe just get out of all of our heads what we've been doing mm-hmm. um, organically. Or what's the right word? Um, it's just natural naturally mm-hmm. for a while and how do we actually package that up and say you know what we can put some words to this mm-hmm. you love your vocabulary i love words you do words matter of thinking about them and speaking them and i've been overusing studying the true meaning of them over, yeah. overusing <laughs> the term semantics lately because i get stuck on things <laughs> um so today i wanted to take the opportunity we mentioned in our last podcast we were talking about disciplines we've already gone through talking about two of the vertices or the pillars mm-hmm. in our three legged stool. <laughs> I'm just using all different ways to describe it. Um, anyways, that we've talked so far about posture and then we talked about disciplines. And one of the big things um, in posture was again, this mindset, this attitude, this, the way you're thinking about the work that you're going to do. And then disciplines is really about the, the doing of things um, and in the rhythms and habits and um, uh, things, activities, mm-hmm. if you will, that actually keep you on the course on the principles that you want to move forward with. Um, one of those things that you can, one of the tools that you can use to actually have a better discipline um, is this thing called a retrospective. Mm-hmm. Who, want, who wants to take it? I'm, well, Tyler, you're new here. I'll just throw it to you. What, I'm new. what is a retrospective? Retrospective, uh, if we're talking words, literally means you're, you're looking backwards mm-hmm. at what you've done recently over a large period of time, a short period of time. In the Agile and Scrum world, it's uh, typically once you finish up a sprint or a body of work, the team gets together and they go through a series of questions like mm-hmm. what should we do more of or less of, things like that, to better understand what what happened mm-hmm. in the sprint. Whether it was the work went really well, we feel really good about it, we met our customers' needs, or if it was we just didn't communicate well, we were not on the same page, I felt like you did this one weird thing and I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. Like things. Why things were like you that. burning sage in the office? <laughs> That's actually been in a feedback loop that we had one time. <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue against that. <laughs> uh, so it, it's just a chance for the team to get together 
and talk about what happened openly, mm-hmm. ideally in an environment of psychological safety and trust and a spirit of a posture of uh, commitment towards continuous improvement and collaboration. Like mm-hmm. we're here together, we're doing this bunch of work. We should be in it together and helping each other get better at that. Mm-hmm. So likely if you've been a part of a, uh, a product team or a digital team in some way, especially if you're working in agile, lean, scrum, um, those principles or those frameworks, then yeah, you're familiar with a retrospective. Mm-hmm. It's likely something you either tried, you did, maybe you're not still doing. Um, a lot of people attempt to do them regularly, but they mm-hmm. lose it. They, mm-hmm. they kind of let go of them. Um, if you're not in the agile world, agile world there are other names um, that people have used that are similar mm-hmm. in kind of flavor mm-hmm. to doing a look back. Well, I mean, yeah. even just a performance evaluation yeah, or an assessment yeah. or an audit or whatever, yeah. you're taking a look backwards to some point in history, some yeah. time frame. What um, can we learn from it? Even, even other industries like uh, law enforcement, they have debriefings. Yeah. yeah. You go through a massive event and you're like, we got to talk about what happened here. Right. Uh, after action reports. After military. action reports. Yeah. Those have been done for years and years. So mm-hmm. we're certainly not the first time. Oh, post-mortem is another. Post-mortem, yeah. Um, a lot of like uh, really high-end businesses mm-hmm. will use post-mortems. As, yeah. Um, Which is a hard... I think it's different from a retrospective in that, again, picking on words. Yep. Retrospective is actively looking backwards and it's indeterminate about the time. A post-mortem is often done after something negative mm-hmm. and after some it's dead oh like yeah after something's dead this died why did it die right right and yeah. it's it's usually like wtf it's yeah. not like what hey, went let's wrong. get better mm-hmm. it's how do we fix that problem that we all know went wrong it's and those all, are typically yeah. really hard to feel safe in and communicate honestly. it's almost like a that's a re, it's a reaction to some sort of crisis that has happened yeah versus setting up a habitual rhythm of yeah. looking back to for advanced learning that will help you in the future. Yeah. In retrospective, I think the one of the what I love about it is that it is a very practical, easy thing to start doing that is directly associated to learning. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things we've been talking about, particularly around postures, disciplines, and structures, some of those things they are indirectly related to learning. They're creating an environment like a, a posture that's conducive to good learning. Yep. A retrospective is literally taking a step back to learn something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What went well, what didn't go well. Um, that's why it's, I really like mm-hmm. it. It's a first good step into how can I create a, an, a, an attitude of learning within my own team or even my own work as an individual. I can retrospect on totally. what I did last week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that posture is really important. Mm-hmm. I retrospect my kids every night. What happened? Actually, what happened today? I joke, but we kind of do yeah. that at the dinner table. It's like, what? Yeah, what are what your was today? You know, what? What was kind of yeah. where? Where's something that didn't go as well today? Yeah. And yeah. Um, what's getting you blocked in life? And how can you move forward? Um, <laughs> is your son, teacher a blocker again, son? <laughs> why, why have you been blocked? Why aren't you doing better? Be better. Uh, so you touched on Dan just a second ago, but um, and both Tyler, you and Dan were both saying there's this attitude or this mindset of saying, um, "It's not plugged in." You probably can't even hear yourself. I can hear all kinds of voices in my head, George. <laughs> Let's, I don't want to unpack that. Today. Watch this. Hello, Tyler. What? No, it's better. It actually makes ours all a little quieter because that splitter actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, very good. You learn something new there. We're learning all the time. Splitters. Um, don't muffle me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unplug his headphones. Retros and splitters. 
Um, you, so you guys touched on it, but um, the kind of basic things that I hear from most retrospectives are usually the, there's kind of three or four questions. Uh, what went well? Celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that in our last episode. Um, celebrating is a big, big factor, I think, of looking back is not only looking at what are the problems we need to fix, but what's gone well. Mm-hmm. And starting that way is a really great, great posture. Um, what didn't go well or what could go better sometimes people say. So mm-hmm. what could go better? Um, uh, where are you blocked? Is sometimes, oftentimes it's more in a stand-up, but I've heard it used in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, in a retrospective. And then um, what are actions we need to all agree that we're going to do better this time moving mm-hmm. forward or we're going to change moving forward. So it's an agreed upon set of um, documented um, material or assets from that conversation. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a standard one, but it can take lots of flavors. Yeah. Um, what are other, how often do you see retrospectives happen around crema? Honestly, I know you that, said they could happen at releases, but how often do they happen here? Yeah. So that's a, one of my favorite parts about working here is that the retrospectives aren't a thing on their own. It's, it's a part of a sprint kickoff mm. and we call them kickoffs or retros depending on the team or the, the product manager. But we typically run everything in two week sprints here. And so that means every two weeks we're kicking off a new set of work as well as looking back on the previous set of work. And sometimes those retros, they might go further back in time than the previous sprint. Uh, but they're, they're part and parcel. It's, it's one meeting rather than one big three hour thing that everybody's like, Oh, I have to mm-hmm. move all this time around on my calendar yep. and I'm not looking forward to that. And, yep. Um, and it can, really it can be short, mm-hmm. right? I think that's and, the other, and thing I think that's the key is that, don't think about, yeah, doing them every, every two weeks, you have a chance for more frequent calibration of the team's postures, uh, disciplines and, and so forth. So that it doesn't build up over time. Cause if mm-hmm. you only do it, if you only do these, have these kinds of conversations in a postmortem at the end of a big chunk of work, then there's a lot more to cover. Right. And it gets, it gets really messy and then things explode. And then, and you, you know what I've been thinking for the last three months is, let me tell you what I've been thinking for the last three and months. And you forget. Yeah. yeah it's like what happened yeah. over the last six months. Oh gosh. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you forget, you tend to forget the celebrations. You tend mm-hmm. to forget the high points and the things that, the small things that you appreciate that somebody else did mm. that made your life better for a mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it's usually just this lingering resentment, like the, the pebble in your shoe. Analogy. So we, on average, we do them as a team on a, most of our product teams do them almost every sprint. So every two weeks, yeah. um, I think we also do them. I, I do. I kind of think of my one-on-ones as a little bit of a retrospective. Mm-hmm. So I ask oh, yeah. a similar set of questions. What's yep. going well, what's going better, where you blocked, you know, et cetera. And then I add that sentiment level that we've talked about before to kind mm-hmm. of get an understanding of their posture. And then our growth team, when we do our sprint planning, we'll retrospect. And one of them is a sentiment question. How do you guys feel right now? Mm-hmm. Kind of like we did at the beginning of this episode. How about mm-hmm. that? Hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite things about retrospectives, I don't know if we are on oh, sorry. the topic yet of the importance of them, but the act of slowing down mm-hmm. and pausing. Yep. Um, I heard it once said that the humans are the only species that when they get lost, they actually speed up that all other species, if they get lost, they pause. They look around. They look around. Where am I at? But humans are the only mm, ones that typically, if they're lost, they will they will speed up. Um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's out of fear or just trying to get things done to hopefully solve my problem. Yeah. But retrospectives, and that's not to say that you do retrospective always because there's a problem or you're lost. But just that attitude of slowing down 
like let's let's pause and actually think about the work we've done um be able to celebrate it be able to look at the, where those areas we can improve it's just slowing down yeah and that's that's one of the yeah i hear that often with clients who aren't used to doing these uh ever let alone often is they'll say oh we don't we don't something like we don't have time to do that. Yeah. We need to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the perspective that you're only working if you're producing something. Never mind that if you only produce something, you're going to lose track of where the rest of the team is or if you're what you're producing is even any good, if it's right yep. on track, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've heard people actually say I feel guilty for doing a retrospective because it's taking time away from productive work. Mm-hmm. Yet mm-hmm. I find that the retrospective is oftentimes the most productive thing I did in my sprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's paradoxical where you're like, nah, this, this, I could be producing, but what you end up finding out is like that conversation led to a much more efficient way of producing. Mm. Um, and then Dan, oh, I'm sorry. I spaced out a little bit when you were talking about we're (laughs) we're the only species that, that goes faster. Yeah. I have to tell a story. I remember getting lost in boy scouts one time because I thought it would be fun to kind of go off on the side trail and by the lake Mm -hmm. and I got stuck in the mud next to the lake. And my troop walked off and I was freaking out. And so all I did was tear my shoes off. So that my shoes stayed in the mud and I ran off with like bare feet looking for my troop, but I couldn't find them where I should have just like got my shoes out of the mud, taken some time, figured out where everybody was. I freaked out and I started running. <laughs> I was all by myself. I was probably like 12. Anyways, that's what. Here you are. Here, and here, you made, here I made it back. I didn't die. I didn't die. Um, so you kind of hinted at it, um, at Crema, and I think in a lot of organizations that we know that do retrospectives regularly, it is one of the most powerful tools mm-hmm. in becoming a learning organization mm-hmm. that we've ever seen ad- adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that regular rhythm, that regular discipline of doing a retrospective on either the individual level, mm-hmm. on the team level, or even the organizational level, cause we kind of do it as a part of our, um, our large scale yearly planning, mm-hmm. we kind of retrospect, how's the organization doing? How's the leadership doing, et cetera. Um, Tyler, you've been a part of mm-hmm. a couple of those and it's it's always a really helpful conversation. Yeah. Um, but one that it's hard to stop and, and think about. Um, what, you mentioned that people feel guilty. What are other reasons that you think people don't do retrospectives? I think the, it's, it's not just guilt, but they don't, they think they already know what they're gonna get out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they think that because there's communication happening during the week, during the sprint, whatever, that that's the entire body of communication that's happening. But in reality, there's always this layer of latent emotion or thoughts or processing that's going un, unnoticed. Mm. Even uh, even we don't always know about it until we're prompted with certain questions. And so I think mm-hmm. uh, we'll, maybe we'll get to it in a few minutes, but having somebody facilitate that that is outside of the product team can be really helpful especially mm-hmm. if there's any sort of potential tension mm-hmm. happening and you say you know what i, I want to be a participant in this as a product manager a strategist whomever i want to be a participant in this and mm. contribute fully so can you person can you come in here and help walk us through these ask mm-hmm. some questions that you don't have the context to know to not ask because you'll make people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so how do we get all these all these thoughts, emotions as raw as possible yeah. out there. And without, I mean, we're not going to be jerks about it, but, mm-hmm. um, I think it's brilliant having an external facilitator. We actually had one of our teams that's, um, one of our largest accounts has multiple teams on that account. 
and um, they knew that they needed to take a time to say, okay, it's been a while. We've been working on this project. We're all kind of working on different pieces and we need to get back together in retrospect as a collective, mm -hmm. as an account. And the, the product manager that's kind of the, the main lead there, the account manager, if you will, um, really wanted to participate. And so they invited in one of the other leaders from Crema to say, hey, can you, can you mm -hmm. facilitate this? Yeah. And they were blown away how how helpful that was. Yeah. Uh, because then they didn't have to think about, I need to be facilitating and doing, instead I can participate. And that's, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, if you invite an outside perspective, you don't have the emotional ties that right. can cloud <clears throat> cloud judgment. It can also um, reframe the questions you ask to be a little bit manipulative. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you might ask questions in support of whatever emotion you're having or emotion you don't know you're having, but it's still there under the surface. Sure. Yeah. Because if you walk into a retrospective knowing I'm going to be prompted to ask how I feel, what went well, if I have an issue with someone I'm working with, which, which happens and I'm facilitating, I might ask questions that kind of put things in my favor, mm -hmm. even unintentionally. Mm -hmm. um, and so being able to have someone who's not emotionally tied to it can kind of draw more things out and like you said it leads to probably greater pr productivity because you are now prompted with a question that then prompts something else in your mind mm -hmm. that you like if if you were to give everyone a sheet of paper and say do a retrospective and then turn it in or send it to me or send me a slack you would not get near what you would have by being in the room at the same time hearing questions asked and then answers to those questions mm -hmm. that then prompt other responses. I think that's right. I also love that in having someone else do it, you're going to get more unique questions. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the way what you're getting at. Yeah. Like, um, so I'm going to have my standard set of questions that I do it for every retro. Mm -hmm. But mixing those up actually might kind of throw a little bit of like, oh, I'm not used to being asked that. It makes me think about this a little bit differently. Right. And now you have to kind of spit back out something that you might not have been honest about, mm -hmm. but because we it kind of jostled your thinking yeah and i think the the job of a, a good facilitator is to recognize the potential tension between answers mm -hmm. that the team is already so familiar and comfortable with that's like oh yeah we'll we'll get past that and, and an outside facilitator can say that doesn't make any sense like talk this out <laughs> and what you the words you just said do not make <laughs> sense you two yeah fight yeah Cage match. Uh, or even subtle differences in the question. So like what didn't go well or what could go better? And then if you don't get good answers or if they're kind of like on the surface, following up with, okay, what happened in the last two weeks that made you frustrated? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then people are like, well, <laughs> well that was for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you do the sentiment analysis up front where you can get a sense of, uh, it, I see here a couple mm -hmm. people are frustrated. What made you frustrated? Yep. Yeah. You can, yep. you can lean into those things. Yeah. Tell yep. me, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Cause if I'm, if I'm a part of the team, I might know it's like, oh yeah, you're right. We, we need to, we need to talk about that. Or I know what you mean by that particular thing. And maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not, but it's, it's good to get it out there anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing that retrospectives can be a great whining session. Absolutely. Love wine. Not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whining down with product managers. Yeah. And so the, I think in a good retrospective, the questions that are asked are intentionally driven by action. So mm. the, in one of the classics, the agile uh, or the starfish, where you have more of less of stop doing, start doing it and keep doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are all check out action driven. blog for a really good blog post on. Crema's so got a great blog post. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> BAMs are great, uh, but they're, it's all actionable. And so, yeah. like you said, yeah. we might take inventory of how the team's feeling early, and then we'll talk through that, and then we'll talk through some of the things, the actual behaviors and events that didn't go as expected, or maybe they went better than expected. And but it's all it's all driven around things that we can mm. control ideally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we can hopefully move to something. Because if you're just there to whine about something, uh, if it can't be productive, that's really hard, and and it can drag down the team. And whining, coming back to one of our earlier points, whining is not in the spirit of a good retrospective where how do we get better? Mm-hmm. It's, I just have this problem with this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's more like a, a post-mortem or you just wish it was dead. Well, and, and it's not taking into account the second question or maybe mm-hmm. what should have been the first question, which something went well. Mm-hmm. Like how do we, what are the action steps to, to make this better? Yeah. Let's not, the reason we're asking what didn't go well is so we can address it and actually make a proactive statement to, mm-hmm. to get better. I think the other thing, most of the the retrospectives I've been in have been primarily about truly addressing the way we're working, mm-hmm. not yeah. necessarily yep. on the outcome of the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go, why why didn't that library not perform well inside the well, okay, we could say that, but I want to get back to how did the team work to put that library in place and and how are we not collaborating mm-hmm. well enough to know that there was an issue there? Or why wasn't that design design realized in the code the mm-hmm. way that we all expected? Okay, that's not the topic of conversation. The conversation is why weren't the designers and developers working closer? Mm-hmm. Right. right. The uh, way in which the work is done, not necessarily the work itself. That's a... Talking about events or things that actually happen rather than feelings as a as a group together, it's a we can agree that something happened and I can have a different response than you can, than you have. But at least we're talking about the same kind of incident and we can work our way outward from there. Otherwise, it's just, again, whining about things that uh, things that we can't really identify concretely. Hmm. I know I didn't prepare for this question, so I don't have a good answer for myself, <laughs> and I hate doing this. Do you have a good example in any any spectrum of the retro, either individually, like one on ones, or um, as a team, or maybe Dan from an organizational level, of a retro that really uh, was super helpful, meaning you you did a retrospective and it it, uh, it illuminated something that you went, ooh, yeah, that's right, we can get better because mm-hmm. of this. We had one a year and a half ago with um, a client, a large client that um, we had multiple people on and there were things just under the surface simmering. Mm. And I don't think we had done a full team retrospective. We, there had been sprint retrospectives for specific products, but not the entire team. Yeah, We got everyone into the room. Um, I was part of that. I didn't facilitate, actually the client facilitated it oh. because the client was in the room, we were in the room and there was representation on all ends and it, changed the trajectory of the entire client engagement engagement yeah because not from a um things that everyone knew but they weren't saying came out in a constructive way because of those questions what what's going well you start with that but then what could be better it was really a way for people to not necessarily air grievances so to speak but to an extent being able to say when we work this way or when you approach something this way, it makes me feel this way or it causes me to think 
X, Y, and Z about the product or the work I'm doing um, and being able to get all that out. And then at the end, define those action steps. Yeah. It really, without question, changed the trajectory of that project. So it just brought people together. What was different about that meeting than other meetings? Was it the people in the room? Was it the the context or the, the setup of it had everyone in the room you? that needed to be in the room and the other ones didn't correct. Okay. Yeah. This was a full team retrospective where every party that had a key stake in the project moving forward, mm-hmm. um, was not getting information secondhand and it wasn't a big whining session. It was like, no, we're here together. We want to work better. Mm-hmm. We know we not just have to work better for this to succeed, but we actually want to because we enjoy working together, but there are things that need to be said. And so everyone in the room at the mm-hmm. same time was the key there. That's I good. think another key that I, and I heard about that as well as the retrospectives I've been in is, I don't know if you have to name it. I think it's helpful to name it, but like really understanding it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that this yep. is the time where we want you to get it out. Mm-hmm. We want it to be said. Um, now that means that the team as a whole needs to have the right posture that when something is aired is thrown out, that it doesn't become a fight, that mm-hmm. it doesn't become a cage match. Mm-hmm. Um, that instead people are allowed to express mm-hmm. this is something that's not going well and it has to stay there. Now we can talk about action items to address it, but not rebuttals. Yeah, um, and that's that's where a good facilitator can help a lot because they can st- say, no, 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 this is not a time to rebuttal on that. Mm-hmm. That's how they feel. This is what's been expressed. Mm-hmm. Are there ways that we can address yeah. it? You can't argue with how that person feels about this thing. Correct. We can talk about different ways to solve it. Yeah, right. And I think I want to call out that that kind of harmony or that trust doesn't just happen that's over right. time. That's mm-hmm. right. And so you have to do some of these disciplines to develop or to, to in a way grow into the posture. Which is why in agile retrospectives are done every, after every sprint, one week, two week, three weeks, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a routine discipline. To answer your question, one of, it wasn't so much of a retro, it was a retroactivity inside of a bigger kickoff with a product coaching client that we've been working with. And we started Mm. the engagement by describing the way that you work is a direct um, outcome of the values that you hold and the ways that you work and communicate with each other. And they're all on board and they said, yeah, that makes sense. And then we went through an exercise where each person got six sticky notes to describe the process of bringing this project to life. Uh, Okay. And so, and there were like 20 something people in the room. So there was gonna be a lot of sticky notes. And then they all put them up on the same timeline. And then they got to vote on which aspects were causing the most heartburn, mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. saw the most difficulty. And so you by, started with the retro, right? We started with the intro, the retro, because it was a way for us to, in a way, take inventory of what was happening. Yeah. And uh, in a in a way that so it was more concrete even than the starfish, more of less of. Uh, it was let's describe this process that we're going through hmm. together, mm-hmm. and let me look at how you see this process because. Um, what what I was hoping would happen actually happened where developers that's always they, nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the developers they their feedback was mostly in the development cycle the designers and uh, the planners and the leaders were earlier and uh, there were groupings of dots in planning and in QA and those two were as after further prompting. Uh, turns out those two things were related. QA problems were related to lack of planning. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And 
And it was really good. It was a good way for them to one, see how others saw the process, that it's not mm -hmm. developers like, oh, there's a lot of work that happens before development. And they know that because they work with these people, but just seeing seeing the massive sticky notes before them, before they start working on something was, was a big deal. But then it, so that develops some empathy. It develops trust mm -hmm. that there's a lot of work going on to set these guys up right. And so then there's also a way for them to speak into that. And then, uh, but it, it was also a way to introduce some of this, again, psychological safety where like this, we agree that this isn't really that, that great, right? Like we're not trying to harm each other. We're not trying to have a broken process, but we need to communicate about these two things, specifically these two areas yeah. better. And so it was really good for that team. I think something you did there as well is more of a practical thing. Using the sticky notes is a really good way to um, do the together alone. Yeah. Men yeah. Mentality. Yep. So if you're not familiar with that design sprint uh, or sprint by um, Jake Knapp talks a lot about this together alone methodology of using sticky notes. Uh, yeah. Sticky notes as a way to allow people to write things down, put them up on the board and express when they may be a more introverted or, or quiet person. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes I've been in retros where it's like, yeah, it's the same three people say all the things. Mm hmm. And they're mm -hmm. trying to speak on behalf of everyone else. Yeah, for sure. Me too. <laughs> I, I am the person that talks. Um, but the person that doesn't have that more outgoing voice may have some of the, maybe actually because they're quiet and they kind of are watching, they might see a lot more than the rest of mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And so doing an activity where you allow that, those people, whether you use um, Miro or um, uh, Mural or something online, or actually using sticky notes in the session, giving a space for people to get their ideas out or talk about what went well, what didn't go well, you know, what are action items, mm -hmm. I think is a really great together alone activity as well. Mm -hmm. So Tyler, what is, what's the big idea on retrospectives? What should people take away from this, from this episode on learning <laughs> and retrospectives? And I'm just going to keep talking because that was just drawn out and ridiculous. <laughs> just keep going so I can think about this a little bit. Tyler, tell bestow me. Bestow the wisdom from your beard. <laughs> no, don't, don't. It's not asthma. <laughs> the, I think our tendency as product teams is to look forward, always be looking forward, looking at the roadmaps, looking at what we, our product needs to be, what it needs to do, how it can improve. Looking forward. Is that what I said? No, no, no. Okay, I'm just yeah, affirming yeah. what you're saying. You're saying yeah, yeah. always looking ahead. Our tendency is is to only be looking ahead yeah. mm -hmm. because that's where that's the only place we have control over mm -hmm. anything, right? And but if we don't look back and see what we've done, see, uh, and not just look at it, but examine it and discuss it and get other people's perspectives, uh -huh. mm -hmm. there's no way. Even if we're moving forward, there's no guarantee that there's actual progress. Mm -hmm. We could be spinning our wheels. We could be making people all kinds of angry. That's that's one reason mm -hmm. why people leave is because they don't feel heard. Right. And so how do you ensure, knowing that you have to be looking forward a little bit, how do you look backwards so that, uh, not as a, a general posture, mm -hmm. but a willingness to look back and say, how can we how can we do this a bit differently? How can we learn? That's the only way to mm -hmm. improve, learn. Uh, and actually- And, and it's, a, it's a time to take inventory as well. Yeah. So it's a time to say, I going back to kind of our learning loops, that's a time where you can really pay attention and collect both problems and solutions mm -hmm. and then say, you know what, this next sprint, let's experiment with doing that a different way. Yeah. yeah. Let's work better this time. Yeah. On, on early, early on in projects, not so much on later ones that are a bit more mature and we, we all know each other and there's the system trust, that we're going yeah, on. Yeah. 
But early on, I like to ask that question. What what did we learn? Like almost mm-hmm. as a, a central function of the starfish itself or the main topic of interest. What did you learn? Oh, I learned that that's an awful language to work in. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Or I learned that this this system or this client mm-hmm. is a whole lot, uh, this end, end user is a whole lot more complex than I understood initially. And I have some work to do that I need to mm. dig into that. So I heard we talked about asking the question, what went well? Mm-hmm. What can go better? Mm-hmm. What are the action items from this? Mm-hmm. But we could add to it, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you feeling? What are other um, just purely questions? We didn't talk a whole lot about bottlenecks. You mentioned that earlier. Oh yeah. Um, one of the, one of the que- I've asked in my one-on-ones in with my teams is who who is the bottleneck or what's blocking you? What's mm-hmm. the obstacle? Yeah. What's the obstacle? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a better way to say it. Um, and oftentimes, bottleneck was like I just didn't get approval fast enough. Mm-hmm. So I think just asking those questions of what is the bottleneck mm-hmm. and can it be removed? Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm pretty adamant about saying leaders are usually often the biggest bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you really need the leader's approval on this, mm-hmm. or can you make decisions autonomously and move forward? Mm-hmm. Probably. What What needs to be true so that you don't need the leader's approval? Yeah. Right. Can we work in that way? Yeah. And right. can we set those guidelines? And so that's an action item. We're going to make the guidelines. We're going to set the principles. We're going to say the statements that give you that room to move, mm-hmm. where you feel uh, safe to make those decisions on your own. Yeah. We were just talking about before we got on the podcast. Mm-hmm. At what, what's your budget? What can, where, where's your budget allowance? I yeah. can make a decision if it's $10,000, but maybe I can't make a decision if it's 50. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what you can work in there. Yeah. yeah. What's the context to what, to, um, what you're working in? What's the, what's the work environment? What's the, what are the constraints that you have? And let's work within those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the constraints need to change, let's talk about that. Yeah. Or once we know those constraints, we can, if your budget's this, then we can modify some things to hopefully be within that budget a bit more. And still get you more or less what you need, mm-hmm. and we, there's there's always almost always flexibility somewhere, and that's right. mm-hmm. it's just a matter of finding it. Mm-hmm. And unless you again, unless you look back and see what what was done, what held you back, there's it's hard to it's hard to move without knowing that. So I think I think work with your team to come up with a set of questions that you can pull from. Don't always have to use the same ones every time, mm. um, but it's kind of nice to think about what are questions that are going to help us to work better together. These yep. are some examples. I'd love to know what your questions might be that you ask in your mm. retrospectives or in your postmortems mm-hmm. or after action reports or whatever that is. What are the things that you're asking yourself um, looking back? Not like that guy moving forward on the screen back there. He's only going forward. I don't even know if he can turn his head. He's taking a walk. Yeah. He's reflecting. Yeah. He's re- very reflective walk. Yeah. 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 Um, he's thinking about what he did. That's right. Um, but what are some questions that are actually helping you look back? So if you have uh, some questions that you're using mm-hmm. in your retrospective, send them to us. Option five at crema.us. We'd love to hear those or be able to share those with others uh, as we're learning and thinking about ways to do this better. Like we said, we think this is one of the most important or Mm -hmm. one of the most powerful disciplines to put in place pretty easily Mm -hmm. across your entire organization. Start small. Start small. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an hour and a half. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. I think one of the recommendations that I saw when we were doing a little bit of research is like 15 minutes. Yep. You know, at the beginning of a meeting, Mm -hmm. let's just retrospect real quick and then get on. Oh, uh, another one that um, Allison started using is shout outs. Mm -hmm. So you could say what went well, but actually um, saying, Let's call out. Let's just do some wins. Yeah. Dan, you did great on the last podcast. Thank you. 
And your head always is perfectly shaped. Thank you. You smell good. I like your hair, George. Your hair is wonderful. Thanks. Your beard, your is, beard is fantastic. Now, this is a little weird. Don't make it like that. But you get what I'm saying. Give some shout outs to it. Maybe somebody excelled. Maybe somebody went over and above. Those are things to celebrate in a retrospective because you are looking back. Mm-hmm. That way, people go, oh, I kind of want that moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it changes your posture. And that's kind of what I want to end on is I think that retrospectives are probably one of the best tools to pull the strings of postures, disciplines, and structures, because it gives you that opportunity to say, do we have the right structures in place? Do we have the right disciplines in place? Mm -hmm. And is our attitude correct? Mm -hmm. If it is great, let's keep doing it. Let's keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Short, short retro and keep going. If it's not, we can address it and we can actually do something about it. That that's an important point. There's a lot that's been made of asynchronous communication, different Slack bots for standups and Slack in general retros doing them real time together is critical you Mm -hmm. can't do a good retro asynchronously with a slack bot you have to be talking to each other and having these real-time discussions yet again tyler brings some wisdom to the podcast thanks for thanks for inviting me to the party isn't it crazy that we've been here for open invitation 40 some odd minutes no way so fast it does good gravy i know good great i do love some gravy. it's <laughs> so good biscuits and gravy waffles chicken fingers poutine oh, man. gravy mashed potatoes fries gravy, cheese all sorts we're of such gravy. good americans um <laughs> so i want to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode if you haven't already make sure you give us a little review that little five stars goes mm. a long way what which, which podcast platform do you use pocket cast too that's great that is there a way to review on there uh, you can have a star. You can give it a star. I don't think that. I think that just feeds their recommendation engine. Well, here's well, actually, regardless, we want five stars. We want five of them. So Hit if you could times. just every episode, just get it up to five. Actually, on iTunes, I know even if you don't listen on iTunes, if you give us five stars on iTunes, that actually helps us a lot. Uh, grab the link from iTunes from our website at slash podcast or from the, your podcast platform of choice. Again, I said it last week. I think I'm going to do it again. Paste that into your social media. Share it with all the people. Send it. Says, this is the best thing you've ever heard. Period. Troves of wisdom. Troves. Fire emoji. Eruptions of wisdom and glory. Yeah. That's that's it. Hashtag eruption. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to hashtag it. Anyways, share it around. I think it really helps us. Um, we're, we're trying to get the word out about how we can help teams to work better, how to be more in the posture of learning all the time and prepared for an ever-changing world. Wow. What? Tell the, us what makes a good retro. I, I want to hear what makes a good retro for other other folks. Email us. Mm. Option five. Yeah. Coming at us. Learn from the history or else you're doomed to repeat it. We didn't really talk much about that, but that's a good... Oh, wow, there's a mic drops. There's two mic drops. I guess we'll end in there. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, my name is Lex. I'm an application developer here at Crema, and I build, create mobile apps and web apps. Uh, I mostly work with other developers, uh, product managers, designers, uh, and I really enjoy working here uh, because I love the results-based culture. Option 5 is a podcast by Crema, a digital product agency that creates web and mobile apps for disruptive companies and industry leaders. We believe that design, technology, and culture can help create a world where individuals and companies thrive. Learn more at crema.us.